0: Good morning. My name is Jasmine. I'm the Outreach and Communication Minister for LMCC. This morning's scripture reading is from James 4, 1 through 8. It says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet And cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God."
1: My name is Logan. I'm a lead pastor here at LMCC. Before we hop into this, let's pray together. God, I just ask that it is your words that fill this message. That's what we need. We need words with power, and that's what you do. You speak, and you create life. You speak, and your power creates freedom. You bring joy and strength, and so that's what we ask that you would do today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, All right, I feel like I need to tell you right up front, um, I'm talking about the devil today. Um, And I feel like I just need to come out and say it because I thought maybe I can find some cute story or some like easy way to, you know, kind of ease into this for you, but I can't. We're just going to talk about the devil and that's what's going to happen today. Um, And I bring that up because the devil is a topic that we're like, ah, let's, let's avoid that, you know, even inside the church at times, you know, because anytime you want to avoid a topic, it's because the errors are so easy to fall into. And with the devil, it's true as well. We can treat the devil like a superstition, like he's just some myth that doesn't really exist. Now that we have, you know, psychology, we can understand the struggles that people face uh, with biological terms and explanations. And so we treat him like a superstition. Let's just kind of say that was, you know, back in the day when they didn't know as much as we did. (laughs) Um, And to ignore him is to ignore something that is actively causing problems in your life. And so you're not actually dealing with the things that are causing the struggles. And they're going to continue to exist unless you actually deal with it. But the second is to give him way too much credit and just blame the devil about everything. You know, issues in your marriage, the devil is doing it. No, you didn't wash the dishes, again. (laughs) And so we give him too much credit. But instead, the scriptures tell us That we need to be wise about issues of good and evil, and that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under his feet. That God is more powerful, and so we don't have to fear someone to give too much credit, nor do we have to avoid, but we can come and confront it head on. And I've thought about this specifically in relation to COVID-19. You know, as the, as the cases rise in New York City, and there's this imminent feeling that we're going to have more lockdowns, and, you know, schools just closed, and the dark winter seems to be descending upon us, um, we're looking for a ray of light to kind of give us hope that victory is possible in this disease that is killing people and killing our lives. And so we look to these vaccines, and so I did this like deep dive, like I disappeared into a vaccine world this week. And looking at the vaccines that are most celebrated right now with Pfizer and Moderna, I found something fascinating. And that's that their vaccines are different than traditional vaccines. So traditional vaccines try to ingest you with a small portion or a watered-down version of the disease to kickstart your immune system to build up strength against it. Well, they vaccines are different. They're actually using messenger RNA. And so they are injecting this messenger RNA, which is information to your cells, not of the disease itself, but how the disease works. So your cells learn what proteins need to be built up so that before the disease even comes, your body has developed the antibodies And it has developed the proteins, and it is ready so that not only can it prevent the disease from getting you, but if it gets you, it has no strength in your body. It's a vaccine to build up immunity before the sickness comes. And so it's unique. That's why it was developed so fast, because I was like a little bit, you know, conspiracy theorist of like, how in the world is this developing so fast? I'm a little nervous. (laughs) But what I see in the scriptures is that the scriptures have given us this spiritual vaccine to ingest into our minds and our hearts the information that we need to really face the true struggles that we're encountering. And the devil is part of that. He is not the whole. Some of it is just life in this broken world. Like Chance the Rapper said, life is short with a temper like Joe Pesci. Like it's true. (laughs) It's true. Life has struggles and difficulties and brokenness. That's what we are experiencing. Not only that, there are habits and decisions that we make that force us into these difficult and painful situations that we have to acknowledge and own. But there's this peace that we regularly ignore. And that's the devil. And the scriptures come and say, let me give you a vaccine to build up your spiritual immunity so that when he comes, you can resist in the time that he comes. And what I want to say today is that God has a word for us to expect resistance, but to be determined for victory. See, if we want to follow Jesus, as we have said, and last week we said we want a vision uh, to be a part of a church that comes and brings revival to this city where healing happens regularly, where justice is not something uncommon and trendy, but is what we fight for until it's done then we are putting up this flashing light to the enemy of God that we're coming for his territory. And what he does then is says, well, now I know the target. And so we need to be prepared and expect resistance, not only as a church, but you as an individual. If you wanna follow Jesus, you immediately have an enemy that is coming to destroy you. And right now, we wake up every day preparing ourselves to deal with COVID-19. Where's my mask and is it the right mask? How am I gonna social distance? Where am I gonna avoid? And how am I gonna avoid those people that completely ignore science, right? We develop this stuff. But how many of you wake up thinking, I have an adversary that is after destroying every part of my life. Few of us wake up ready for that. But Jesus is very clear. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he comes that you may have life and life abundantly, And those are at odds. So expect resistance, but be determined for victory. And so what I want you to see today is I want you to have eyes that are open. That you would see the struggles that you should be resisting right now. And then how to find the strength to resist every day. That you would see the struggles that the devil is trying to attack right now. And that you would know where to find strength to resist it. And so when it comes to seeing the struggles, I want to give you the scouting report on the devil's offensive tactics right now so that you can be appropriately prepared to be on defense. And again, we see in this passage in James that he acknowledges that it's not just the devil. There's the desires that within us that are warring. And he says, I want you to be emotionally healthy, and those are good, and we need to learn to do that. But that's not what God asked me to talk to you about today. (laughs) That's a sermon for another time. What he said is there is a spiritual battle coming at you. And the scriptures are clear that the devil cannot take you over if you are in Christ and direct you, but he can influence and affect you. And so some of you are squeamish about this spiritual warfare thing. So just think about it in terms of mindsets, that there are mindsets and habits of thinking that create habits of behavior by which we live in ways that destroy our lives. And that's how the devil works right now. He comes to influence your thoughts or give you thoughts you normally wouldn't have. And then as you begin to think of them, he then accuses you and says, how can you think of that? He just creates this cycle of think of this and let me tell you how wrong you are to think about it. And we need to be aware of what type of mindsets is he trying to create. And so I see three schemes that the enemy is trying to use right now that I want to just highlight. It's not the whole, because he has hundreds of schemes, unique to you and unique to me. But I see three common ones that we need to be prepared for to resist. And I'm going to give them names so that you remember them. The first is one that we are probably most common to, and it's the devil of temptation, which I call the don't you want that devil. And the devil of temptation is how we tend to associate with him. He's trying to tempt us away from God. He's trying to distract us. But what he's doing, he's kind of trying to change the way you look and say, don't you want that? He's trying to change your eyes to see something that you're desiring, or somehow that algorithm suddenly pops up in your Instagram feed, something that you wanted for Christmas. And what he's trying to do is change you from don't you want that to gotta have it. Don't you want it to God to have it? And he says, then, as James says, you covet and cannot obtain. And so what wages war within you is this effort to get it and no one can stand in your way. And so it's this devil of temptation. And what he's doing is he's trying to give you a bait of pleasure and hide the hook of pain. Because what he is saying is he's trying to use this God-given desire that you have because God wants you to have this abundant life. And so he's put in you these desires for pleasure that are his, he's the author of all pleasure. And the devil's just trying to shift it so that you settle for a bad version of it and the pleasure turns to pain really fast. And with the devil of temptation, the way that you and I need to resist is with the God of all pleasure. The devil of temptation is resisted when we turn to the God of all pleasure. And so there's this verse in Psalm 1611 that is a promise that I want you to memorize and proclaim any time you feel these desires overwhelming you. In Psalm 1611, it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so we have a God whose right hand is filled with pleasures forevermore and the devil wants to come and say, his right hand is filled with prohibition forevermore. He's trying to prevent you from experiencing pleasure. Let me show you where it really is. He's just trying to twist in your mind where to go to find the pleasure that you ultimately want. He's the author of fear of missing out. He is the one that is telling you you're missing it, so just cut corners to get it. And the devil of temptation has to be confronted with the God of all pleasure. Um, There's a book that really deals with spiritual warfare really effectively, and it's a fiction book called The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And in that, it's this fictional tale of a head demon, worker for the devil, writing to a lower demon who's been assigned to a human and what tactics he can use And he picks up on this verse of this pleasures forevermore in God's right hand and here's what the head demon says about God. He's complaining that God has an unfair advantage. He says, God is a hedonist at heart. All those fasts and vigils and stakes and crosses, they're only a facade, or only like foam on the seashore. See, when they get out to the sea, especially out in his sea, there is pleasure and then more pleasure. God makes no secret about it either. He says right there in his scriptures, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Ah, he's so vulgar, Wormwood. He's filled his world full of pleasures. There are things for humans to do all day long without his minding in the least. Sleeping, washing, eating, drinking, making love, playing, praying, working. Everything has to be twisted before we can ever use it, Wormwood. Us demons, we fight under these cruel disadvantage. Nothing is naturally on our side. But religion and our history has taught us to not believe that God has pleasure, but that it's only found away from God. And the way that we resist this devil of temptation is to call to mind the God who has his his pleasures forevermore in his right hand. But when you read that verse, I want you to think who is at his right hand. Because pleasure is found in the person of Jesus Christ who is seated at the right hand of God on his throne forevermore. And pleasure is found in this person, Jesus, unlike any pleasure you can find in another person or in another place. It is seated forever in heaven. And it's ready to be offered to you in Jesus. So that's the first devil, the, the don't you want that devil. But if the devil can't tempt you with your pleasures, he will try to exhaust you with condemnation and your guilt. The second temptation I see is what I call the do more devil, and it's the devil of condemnation that he is looking down at you and I and saying, not enough you got to do more. You're failing, or at least do better, because what you're doing, yeah, it's good, but it's not perfect, and your God is holy and perfect, so you need to be like your God, and he takes in this desire for perfection that is from God, this desire for excellence, and he twists our weakness because our inability to actually achieve it and then condemns us for it. And plays into this guilt and shame narrative that is resounding in our head anyways because we know we're not perfect. And he's trying to condemn us to live in condemnation over and over and over again. So how do we resist this? Well, we resist the devil of condemnation with the God of all grace. Right here in this passage, James says, but he gives more grace. In another passage, he is described as the God of all grace. And that hits us in two ways. One, your grace from God will always be greater than your guilt of sin. The grace of God abounds all the more even if you have sinned, even if you are guilty, even if you are convicted as wrong before him. His grace abounds all the more in Jesus Christ. His death on the cross was for the sins of yesterday that were as vile as you can see them and the sins of tomorrow that you don't even know you're gonna commit. His grace abounds all the more so sin gets small as grace gets big. And so you hear in Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the God of all grace then comes to say, I haven't asked you to do more, but I have asked you to do something. And I've given you the grace for that task. Right now in the middle of this like COVID crisis quarantine mess. I feel like I'm walking through quicksand to try to get things done. And I I look at the list in the day and I'm like, well, I kind of did something. But man, I could have done all these other things. Where's that coming from? This mindset. That says, my value and my worth is found in achievement. And I've bought into these lies of the devil, this do more devil, do better devil, instead of coming to the God of all grace and resting and saying, there is a God who can do more than I can. And he's already done more than I ever will. And so it is running to the God of all grace to resist the devil of condemnation. And the last devil is the no one cares devil. And this is the devil of separation. And right now in the middle of isolation, I think this is the devil that has ramped up the volume most in our ears. That no one cares about your struggle because they got their own. No one cares about you or they would have shown it to you. There is this narrative of no one cares, not even God, because if God cared, would he let this stuff happen in the world? Would he let this stuff happen to you? Meanwhile, the devil's probably doing it. (laughs) Isn't that so vile? He's come to steal, kill, and destroy, and then blame God. Mm. And then to call us to do the same. And the way that we defeat this no one cares devil, this devil of separation, is to remember that we have the God of love. It's his name. He is love. And his love is found in forgiveness. His love is found in gifts, giving you everything you could ever want and imagine. He is a father who loves his children. If, he can, if he's unwilling to hold back his son from you, he says he's willing to give you all things. That's the God that we serve. And right now in this devil of separation, he's coming to whisper thoughts of loneliness that you are alone in your fight instead of God saying, I'm fighting on your behalf. He's coming to, to whisper suicidal thoughts and ideation of no one cares, so why don't you just end it? And God's going, I made you for a purpose and a reason. I love you and I've established you here and now. And though you are isolated, you are not alone because God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Jesus Christ And his spirit has come to fill you and to rescue you from the lies of suicide and the lies of loneliness to say, I am with you and my presence is there amongst you. The devil is coming to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus is coming to give life and life abundantly. And we need to resist the do more devil with the God of all grace, the don't you want that devil with the God of all pleasure. And the no one cares devil with the God of all love. We have to resist. But first you need to see that he's active and working. Because if you do not see him working, you think, these are my thoughts that are rational and true. And therefore I should act upon them. And the devil is going, I have one here, let's go next door. Instead of allowing those thoughts to come in and go, that's not God? That's not how he's made me. That's not my identity as a child of God. I need to push back. You need to see these thoughts as not from God. But the question is, how do we maintain strength to resist? How do you find the strength each day to resist a mindset that seems to echo every day, that is so firmly implanted in your brain that it is your operating system? How do you resist in a way that causes strength for the struggle that you are facing? And so here in the scriptures, he doesn't leave us wondering. He gives us these commands and direction. But first I want to read to you a parallel passage so that you see that this is a common refrain of God to call you to resist and call you to a place of strength. And that passage is found in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion, a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. In these two passages, God gives us three tactics. Three tactics so that every day we can have the strength to resist the devil because he is relentlessly annoying and he comes to you in the morning, in noonday, and at night. He's relentless. And he's roaring even though he has no bite. But we hear the roar and we get scared. And so God says, here's how to be strong. He says, stand firm. Stand firm. He says it in... Ephesians 6 when he's talking about spiritual warfare from Paul. He says it in James when he says resist, stand firm in the faith, and he says it here from Peter. It is the resounding message of the scripture, stand firm. But what I want you to hear is stand firm doesn't mean stand still because this language is a military term to put yourself in a position of opposition, that you are possessing yourself with strength enough to resist the strength of the devil. And he says, the way you do that is you humble yourself and you submit yourself to God. That's the language of steady obedience. See, if you're in steady disobedience, you're on shifting sand and it's easy to knock you over when the devil comes. But if you're in steady obedience, you are training your spirit and your body in a way that is healthy. It's the same way that if you are eating healthy, you are building up an immune system that is ready to attack the common cold and COVID-19. It's not the only answer, but it's part of it. And so is steady obedience so that you are firm that God's pleasures are true and good because you've tested him and tasted them. And so you know he's the God of all pleasure. You know he's the God who cares because he's led you in love. You know he is the God that has done more than you could ever imagine. And so you know it, so you're in a position ready to fight because you can easily go, ah, devil, that's stupid because I was just with God today and man, it was so good. So stand firm because we need to expect resistance and so we need to be prepared when the resistance comes. But the second is to draw near and arm yourself with the right lion. Draw near and arm yourself. See, he says, Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. The scripture decri- describes two different lions it describes the devil as a roaring lion, and it describes Christ as the lion of Judah. And one has power and one makes a lot of noise. There are two lions, and when the roaring lion comes, the only way you can truly stand firm is if you believe you have a more powerful lion to attack. It's like the Lion King, because God sometimes uses Disney. There is the lion Scar, who uses hyenas and devours. And there's Simba, who's ready to come back and fight. (laughs) Which lion do you want to stand behind? When you get behind and and with the lion of of Judah, Jesus Christ, it's easy to stand firm. It's like, come on, devil, what you got? What you got? Look who I got. (laughs) That one who crushed you on the cross, that one you tried to put in the grave and then he broke free. What are you going to do to me? See, when you're drawing near to God, he's drawing near to you and he's getting ready, right? He's getting ready for that fight. And the message of the scriptures throughout is it is not your battle. The battle is the Lord's and he is ready to fight on your behalf. And the last thing is that he says, fight with an army. You got the Lion of Judah Jesus Christ fighting on your behalf, but he has established a people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, ready and willing to fight on your behalf. He says, your suffering is similar to the suffering of a brotherhood around the world. And finally, we have something like COVID-19 to remind us of the suffering that's going on globally and that there is a global church that is able to rise up and defeat it and not be afraid. But he gives us this local army. He gives us this local army that says, I have put the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, inside of them to fight on your behalf when you feel weak. And so the message there is, let's update the group chat. Let's update the group chat to make sure that it is an army of Christ followers that are ready to fight with the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And let's update them in the struggle. Yes, God wants to fight on your behalf, but part of his provision is a people to fight with you. And where you are weak, many of them are strong. Where you're facing some of them for the first time, some of them are facing it for the fifth and sixth. And so they know the tools to defeat that enemy. They have a testimony that's overcome. They have ability for you to, to tell you that God is gonna be there with you in that moment. Update the group chat. See, the message of the scriptures is expect resistance when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, but expect victory if you follow Jesus Christ. Because it is the God of peace who will soon crush Satan underneath his feet. And so for some of us, we're just in a struggle of endurance. Because the struggle has not really invaded our home as much as it invaded others. And so it's a matter of endurance in the midst of these COVID restrictions and the difficulties that are affecting our lifestyles. For some of us, the struggle is more intense because this has taken away jobs, it has taken away health, it has taken away family members and and grief has come upon us. The tendency to turn back to addictions and vices that have been painful has come upon us. The lies of the devil pushing us towards suicidal thoughts and other isolation tactics has come upon us. But whatever the battle, Jesus has the victory. And I believe that the struggle that you are facing today is the testimony that God wants to use tomorrow, not just as a platitude but as a praise that we might be able to say I have found in Jesus the one who has strength when I was weak. I have found in Jesus the one who saved me when the battle felt too intense. I have found in Jesus the one who's provided for me when I felt like I had nothing left. That's the invitation. Expect resistance, church, but also be determined to find victory in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I want the singing that we have joined in today to create new songs tomorrow that we would have the weapons for warfare. And so, Holy Spirit, go and give discernment to every single one of the people in this room and everyone watching and all of your people that they would be able to discern the spirits that are in their home, that are in their lives, So they might be able to discern the lies and the mindsets that are destructive and and destroying their lives. But as you give discernment, grant truth that we have you, the Lion of Judah, Jesus Christ, the one who stood up from the grave and crushed the power of sin and Satan. And let us wake up every day expecting resistance but ready for a fight. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.